everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. Hope you had an amazing march and learned a lot. Super excited to be here now in the time of April, the birth month of our very own Larry. I'm Bonnie and I get to talk to heroes about the paranormal and what excites them. Today, I got to talk to one of my oldest and wisest friends on the planet, Marcella Kroll. Marcella is a neurodivergent, multidimensional artist, creator, performer, and psychic medium. She is also a former and maybe future bandmate of mine. This episode was so fun, we ended up making a part two. One was not enough. Here we talk about what it's like to have the experience of being a neurodivergent, multidimensional artist, creator, performer, and psychic medium. Please check out Marcella's Instagram and website. She does a weekly card reading that has guided me so amazingly these past few months. I hope you will be guided too. Please welcome to your head and heart, hero Marcella Kroll. Hi, friend. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? I'm slipping into this February. Er, I was like, I decided for myself and sanity that I was like, January is just Sunday. It's still mm. Sunday of 2020. I love that. Yeah. And I'm just not going to do anything until February 1st, which is a Monday. But that okay. happened yesterday. And I'm kind of like... I still just have like a hangover kind of from last year. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, what? Just so much stuff that, you know. Just like a decade's worth of processing that happened in a year's time. And it's not even been a year. Yeah. I mean, it, it has been, I guess it has been a year, but it hasn't been a year since I would, I consider like the beginning of kind of lock down kind of energies but yeah but it's been a lot of just like so much uh unraveling yeah and uncovering to discover yeah yeah well each day of that year the march to march year was like more intense than any other year i remember like just totally just from the top down to the bottom just it's mm-hmm. a lot to avoid or think about, but it's definitely like, I'm not ready to accept because <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but like the beginning, the beginning of 2020, I was like, this is electric. It feels so good. This is it. Like, this is mm. the best year ever for like the yeah. first two months. I was like, this is the best year ever. I, I definitely felt like I was like, oh, wow. Are things actually starting to fall into place for me? in the beginning of in january of 2020 i i remember i had like just found after six months of not having an office space i found a space and i was like i can afford this i like this area yeah i like my clients like what's happening like things are lining up and then i i was like ready to teach actually taught like my last in-person class before the pandemic was in like the second or first week and a half of March downtown at 22 teachings. And there was like 30 people there. And I was like, class was that, that you were teaching? uh, It was a past life regression, like past life healing meditation. And um, I just like, was like, okay, like this is a good role to start on, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I just felt like there was so many synchronicities that were like, just silly and stupid and like everything was so it was just so silly seeming you know uh Mm -hmm. but so i was like and when i woke up this year on the first i was like nah that's not here like there isn't that electricity and i was like we're just gonna wait until there is but now like you can't just wait until it feels right outside like that's not a way to live no Um, i not at all (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it's ever gonna feel like I, and also like what are we comparing it to? Are we comparing it to our best day like prior? Because I just think things are. I don't know. I think there's a certain luxury in saying, "Oh my god, it was terrible." I think there were a lot of things that were brought to light that we just didn't have the luxury of seeing, and I don't want things to go back to what they were before. You know, um, it does. It, yeah, I don't yeah. feel like that's something I want to go back to 
I would love to kind of be in a different kind of engaged in a different kind of way. Yeah. I'm, I miss, I miss seeing people. I miss seeing you. I miss like in the, in, you know, and people like where we could just run into each other and have a conversation. And I feel like those kind of things are really limited now. And, um, um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe just a little more, I'd love a little more joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like my whole life has been like, never ending processing and and um and i think that that's a lot of people are really i don't know some of the things that i'm finding with like clients this year especially it's like like welcome to my world yeah (laughs) with a lot of the stuff that they're experiencing or dealing with because they're just like waking up yeah totally well i think that that's a i think it's um what's happening now will be helpful to people later. It's just hard mm-hmm. to that position of being like, I guess we're soldiers in a weird way, like, mm-hmm. to like help change things. And, but it's like, it's not about our specific life. It's right. Like the, you know, being part of like the change, which I think is. Cause yeah, it's about being part of the collective instead of just your own individual self. Yeah, because yeah. I remember before, like, when I thought about people in the plague and stuff, like, you never really thought about individual people, but you knew that people, like, got sick to help. I don't know, whatever it is. It's just, like, now isn't really a time of being an individual anymore. It's mm-hmm. just in every way, like, socially and right. uh, and with, like, uh, this disease, it's time to, like, just do what's best for everyone, not what's best for yourself and um, mm-hmm. But I do want to uh, allow you, please, to <laughs> introduce yourself, like, what would be on your, like, cosmic um, business card? Like, just, you know, like. it's That's interesting because I was, like, writing out things about, like, what, you know, if if for, like, a short description. And I guess I, like, you know, I include, uh, my name is Marcella. My pronouns are she, her. I am a neurodivergent, multidimensional artist, creator, uh, performer, and psychic medium. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. So cool. Yeah, I guess, like, one thing I think about is um, whenever I think about you, I you're the one person that if I see on the street or like driving, I'm always like, ah, like anyone else, like just let them go or like turn around. You're always like, um, I just love, I love your energy and your, and your like silly self and like, um, so much. Um, but I guess. Well, it's yeah. cause like, you know, we, or we know each other like also outside the realm of our jobs, you know, yeah. like, um, and I think, I don't know. I think that also like we can be our full selves. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're hearing like scratching my, I, I'm sorry if you're hearing scratching Lords, like got the zooms this morning and she's been scratching in her tank. She had got what? I, she's had the zooms for a couple of days, which is like, I go, I call it like, she's been very like hyper. <laughs> and she's just like zooming around. <laughs> but, in, her, um, in her area. Yeah. But I also like, I'll, if I can keep an eye on her, I'll open the doors and she runs, she's been doing laps around my apartment, but like I, but since we're talking, I don't want to be like worried about her getting like right now, she's like climbing on top of something that I can tell she's going to fall. You can get her if you want. No, it's okay. She'll be fine. She like yesterday she did that and she fell in her water bowl and I'm just like, she'll learn. (laughs) Is this your first reptile? Yeah. She's my first pet ever i mean we had like dogs when i was younger but they were never mine they were like my adopted dad or my mom's dog yeah Mm -hmm. that's so cool congratulations pets like (laughs) cut cut like reality in like half or something or like the pressure of reality they're just like cut it in half Mm -hmm. like oh cool i find they keep me present too like i'm really good at future tripping and like 
yeah, I'm like obsessing on what I need to get done. And there's something about being in the presence of like of my pet, like, or my lizard, you know, my, she's my roommate, essentially. I don't yeah. like thinking of her as my pet, you know, yeah. but um, <laughs> being in her presence, like forces me to like be in the moment. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. For me, it's like the extension of my hand is like, mm-hmm. like I'm not sure how I feel. I mean, I, I, it's definitely like I'm, it's my emotional support pet, which is weird. Like I finally kind of realized like, oh, I like with Tommy. Yeah. I need yeah. <laughs> one thing at the edge of my hand to feel like uh, regular, which is <laughs> it's right. a weird thing to realize about one like, so late in the game, like. And I didn't even realize is when I was growing up, I, I always felt so lonely and yeah. I needed a dog. Um, mm-hmm. And I you think needed, like, this companion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, just like to know that reality is here. Time is moving. Cause sometimes I can get tripped up and be like, wait, like did earth stop? Like, am I you know, like right. in the middle of the night? I'll be like, Oh no. Like, am I alone on earth? Like just kind of a yeah. momentary second momentary moment of like complete fear. Like I might've said something wrong and it turned off earth yesterday. <laughs> Existential <laughs> crisis, 1000 something yeah. rather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it really helps. Like, like I don't even have to look at my phone. I'll just be like, okay, the dog's here. Like probably reality is the same, you know? Right. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess something that I wanted to talk to you about is, um, you're like one of the first people I've ever known or something that I really, really love about you is that you like advocate for healers. Like mm-hmm. I never, I don't think too many people think about it, but you're, you're bringing awareness to the fact that healers like are, have, are, are sensitive and all of that stuff. And like, mm-hmm. um, and the experience of being a healer, I think is so amazing um, can you talk a little bit about that, please? <laughs> sure. sure. Um, well, I think it's important to remember that healers are human or semi-human, you know, uh, too. And just as like this world is going through this experience and you're going through this experience, your healers are going through this experience, too. And maybe at different levels or different degrees, but I am on, like an advocate for um, healers being supported and taken care of. I think there's this like for a long time, there's this notion that like, if you did any kind of healing work, it's a gift that you should do for free. Um, And it's almost like looked upon with like, you should do this for free because you were given this gift and you owe it to everybody. The thing is, I think that, we've straight a real like there's where's the respect in the work right like there's no respect in the work if it's if it's met like that and um you know centuries ago you know people respected and took care of the healers you know like they made sure the healers had clothing and food or like resources and nourishment you know because they understood and they valued them Um, And I don't think our society for many, many, many generations has revered them in the same way. Yeah. Or it's done very secretively. Like, I am always like blown away now at like how open people, how much more open. I mean, there are definitely some people who are still very like, they don't talk about it, that they actually seek out healing services. um, Because there's this weird desire to keep it kind of hidden. And, um, but more people are becoming more open and vocal about like, yeah, these are the many ways I take care of myself. It's not just like, um, modernized medicines that yeah. is FDA oh, that's approved. Really cool. That's a you know? cool way to look at it is different ways of taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Like we have to, like, we take care of our physical body, right. But we have to take care of our mental, our emotional, our spiritual. I mean, only in the last however what 20 years that people have been more comfortable with talking about taking care of their mental health i mean i remember growing up nobody went to therapy yeah you know i mean and 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 now it's like people are like are you in therapy like it's like you know it's not (laughs) it's not frowned upon it's actually like oh good you're in therapy i think yeah i think for a while it was like suck it up 
just suck it up like depression. Right. And they thought if you were in therapy, there was something wrong with you. And I'm like, it's kind of like shifting gears. So I'm really hoping that, you know, moving in this, like moving forward and moving in these new directions, like getting, whether it's energy work or doing spiritual work that supports your healing and your growth, um, especially for people who are marginalized to have support yeah, uh, and, and heal, like whether it's ancestral trauma or um, like, you know, uh, there's what's like, not neuroscience, like, well, some neuroscience, but like, you know, there, there's just so many levels of it that yeah. I think so many people, maybe once it's more normalized and we can figure out as like a society and as a collective, how to get that care, um, I think to everyone, that would be great because right now it's like, it's kind of separated by, you know, like there's such a varying degree in how you can get spiritual healing. Yeah. You know, like, and, and sometimes like you see people with like still kind of giving away their healing services. If you can support yourself, give away your services for free, like bless you because someone needs that. Yeah. Um, but I also think people should be paid and taken okay. care, care of. Yeah. It's an exchange and it's an exchange of your physical energy. You're like, it's a please your actual body to give to right. someone else's body. So that's in any other way, that's a, an exchange of money would happen. Um, well, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's exchange. That's exactly it. And I think one of the things that I learned early on was to not do exchanges with things I don't value. Yeah. Because I used to just take, I mean, when I first started doing readings, like as my only job, I mean, I've been doing readings since 95. When I was 18, I learned how to start, I started doing readings, but like, you know, in terms of making it a full-time profession, that was more like 2009. And I would in the beginning take like meal exchange for readings because I valued nourishment in that way. Like I needed to eat, you know, um, not that I don't need to eat now, but I'm not going to exchange a reading for a peanut butter sandwich. Like it's just not the same kind of like equivalent. Yeah. What I need to support, like what I need to support my life now is different. Yeah. Well, also I think in the beginning for almost everyone's career life passion, like you don't, the value you place on yourself, unfortunately comes from time and other people like, in the beginning, totally. like you take opportunities because it is one to, to learn or whatever. But at some point, do you still just think of things as an opportunity, not like it's an opportunity for them, then you're right. just going to get used. <laughs> right. And I've had that. That's happened a lot, too, over the years. You know, and then you start to like have to develop. Oh, wait, now I've got to work on my boundaries. Now I've got to work on my own values and self-worth and that means i got to go deeper into my own wounding yeah so it's really interesting how you know the work is never done yeah like fully you know think at some point that it (laughs) did you used to think that at some point it was like honestly (laughs) i didn't think it would be i just thought i would be done yeah Um, i never imagined that you know I would live this long. I'm going to be 44 next month. And I'm like, that is, that is like 24 years longer than I anticipate. And so I, and I, you know, I have to say, like, I never thought that, that I would live this long. Oh, I'll be done when I die. And, um, you know, honestly, I've had three near death experiences and they're just like, you're not done yet. Yeah. Okay. And it, it really occurred to me, like, it's the work is never done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's crazy. Yeah. I, for some reason, I think with my mental stuff, like, I'm mm-hmm. always shocked every time I learn something, or not when I learn something new, but when I go through an experience, like mm-hmm. a boundary learning thing. Or yes. Whatever, it happened again. I said no more. But it's like, yeah. it's just, yeah. And I feel like, Ooh, uh, it's just so weird. It's so, yeah. it's so hard and it's never ending and it's on little la- layers and little levels. And it's just, yeah. like, 
Well, it's like, it can be very subtle. It can be very big shifts where you just like wake up and you go, oh, that doesn't bother me anymore. But, you know, I had a really huge breakthrough last week and I, one that I never, I never thought I would not be, for example, I never thought I would not be triggered by my mom, my mother. Wow. I want to hear this. Yeah. Well, I never, I thought I ever, I, you know, my, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I had a really, you know, what seemed normal until I got older and started hearing other family and getting treatment and help and people being like, that's not normal. And um, I was like, oh, oh, that that's like not, that's toxic. That's abuse. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, but it was a very traumatizing environment. And, um, you know, the the relationship we have with like the people who are our guardians and our immediate really shape us right and you know you think you're doing everything to get away from that but then your roles and interactions with all of the people in your life just mirror it until you get to it like i know it's so frustrating (laughs) right in that cycle like no I think everyone's in that cycle to a degree until you learn the thing you need to learn. And then you go, okay, next lesson, Yeah, you know? Um, but you know, again, it took me till like a week ago, here I am on the cusp of 44 yeah. to not for the first time in my entire life to have a conversation with my mother who, mind you, I haven't spoken to her in two years oh, really? a week ago. Yeah. I thought for sure I would have some reactions. Yeah. And it was this giant aha moment. Yay. You know, which was awesome. Yeah. Does that mean I'll never be triggered by her again? Mm, I can't (laughs) promise that, but (laughs) I do know how to engage differently and not in a means of manipulation, but, you know, I know how to hold support for myself and I know how much time to give. And I think, you know, when you're a sensitive person and that, thing i think healers and sensitive people we have no boundaries that's our problem a lot of us have no boundaries we are very uh like codependent in certain situations especially with the wounded you know oh if you're healthy no problem stay away from me but the wounded you know in in bands in dating i'm like come here you know so it's like learning how to behave differently in those situations where you're actually giving the person space to be themselves and you are allowing yourself to be yourself without trying to make each other be the other comfort level um that's huge so hard it's so hard congratulations that's awesome that's a big one because it's like that's all you, you know, there's nothing. She didn't do anything different. Like, she, Oh no, she hasn't done anything different. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, <laughs> congratulations. Cause it's like how many, it takes so much to learn that lesson. Like, and mm-hmm. you know, and wanting people to change and wanting to help people and just really just wanting people to be happy. Like, and right. especially people in your life are not being, not, being toxic and it's like once you realize there is someone toxic in your life and that's reality like all you can do is you know is yeah just heal yourself and just look for peace where you can find it you know yeah Yeah. that's that's so exciting congratulations thanks Um, (laughs) another thing i wanted to ask you about is i noticed like something i've always sort of thought about like autism Mm-hmm. is that on the spectrum of that, it seemed to me that there's a lot of like psychicness there um, mm-hmm. and like an awareness of um, maybe an awareness of something different going on. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I noticed that you know about that mm-hmm. um, and I would like to hear about it, please. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I got diagnosed last, last year, not 2020, but 2019. So there's something that, um, caused you to get that diagnosis. Well, it wasn't easy. I mean, here's the thing I've, I've battled my whole life with different kinds of things. Right. And, you know, I've every, everything from anxiety, a little ADD, you know, depression. Um, you're sensitive in a world of madness of course sure and like yeah and there's like all these like things that are like hypervigilance and like there's you know growing up in a really like 
chaotic and sometimes dangerous environment and having yeah. a very like is very young that were traumatizing um anyway i just like and 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 then being in sight really psychic on top of it and yeah you know um oh my god she's falling down again <gasps> oh my god sorry um so so being on being, like so wacky yeah i'm gonna take her out when we're done and like play with her. um so just being psychic and of it and i think you know i've had friends what kind of prompted me was is just having all of these things and then curing them you know or working on them i wasn't feeling better or you know less overwhelmed or less overstimulated like things weren't getting better right wow. and um i was becoming more reclusive having more of a hard time sensory overload is just just everything was just getting more intense and i would have meltdowns that would really like, you know, or it shut down completely. Yeah. And um, like almost just not be able to talk. I would go so far inside that like you, you I would be like this big inside of my whole body. I understand that feeling. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. And no one like people get really upset with me, you know, like it really was challenge. It's been challenging in relationships. Yeah. And um and I think that people who are on the spectrum, there's the, a lot of information is really outdated and it's really meant for, for boys. Like, I mean, a lot of studies and examples of autism go back to like young boy children. And, um, you know, so there's always like, oh, you're, you're, you're too like aware to be autistic. You're too this, you're too that. Anyway, I have a couple of friends who have autistic children and, you know, one of them like kind of casually suggested, do you ever think like you might be on the spectrum? Yeah. And uh, cause she definitely witnessed me having like a meltdown more yeah. than on, on one occasion when I felt like, cause I can do a lot, but like uh, periodically it will become, everything will become too much and I will just lose it, you know? But also I didn't know that there, there were things that would lead up to it, you know, like signs, warning signs. Anyway, I've been reaching out to different groups, advocacy, all this stuff. I even reached out. UCLA has a program for testing, but it was like five grand. I was like, I can't do that. Um, especially because it's not like a blood test. It's like, it's like basically an assessment. So I have Kaiser and I like went through Kaiser and really had to like push to be seen. And the first person I saw was like, maybe you need to see sleep with the soft piece of fabric. And I was just like, so angry <laughs> and like, they wouldn't take me seriously and yeah. you know, I had to keep pushing. And then finally I got through to someone who was like, okay, all right, I'll hear you out. Like yeah. why, you know, and they're like, why will you know, and the, a lot of times the answer, what they say to people, because there, there's not a lot of people have experience with this, but they'll be like, well, you've gone this far without a diagnosis. Like, why do you need one? Are you trying, like they think you're like are you trying to collect like on you know like disability uh, and things and i'm like no i just i would like to know so i know how to take care of myself yeah i can't tell you how many times i've you know and the things that really prompted me too is like listening to other women especially late diagnosis women talk about their personal relationships and and um and like how weird those relationships were because that's the other thing people think if you're autistic you're like not like interested in like intimacy or people and i'm like that's not true you are but it's just like in a different you have a different language like a different love language kind of thing so totally. well, yeah so yeah oh sorry go ahead please. no go ahead what were you gonna say <laughs> oh i just think it's i think this is so interesting and so important because as we learn that like more and more about autism and the spectrum mm -hmm. stuff, i do think that we're going to start to notice that like behavioral things are mm -hmm. that and not like someone being a jerk or someone, you know, like all of these things, I just think, but right. I also noticed that um, a lot of people that are um, can't like that are can't, not as communicative, like it doesn't mm -hmm. seem like they have um, that they are psychic or have some sort of extra sensory power that is what's overwhelming them. Um, right. I'm trying to find like the spiritual. 
Well, I think there is a spiritual aspect because I, I look at it like this. I look at my neurodiversity as um, it's like it's an operating system. And in this operating system, I have the ability to process things in a different frequency. Yeah. And in that frequency, I can see things differently. I can see patterns. I can see colors. I can see, I can see figures. I can hear things. And in past situations, you know, some people would be, uh, you know, all, call like well and this would be very extreme you know maybe they blew their system out too high of a frequency and now they're schizophrenic you know like like my my one of my brothers is schizophrenic um and i think it's basically his dial got turned way up yeah um uh and it just never he doesn't doesn't know how to regulate it and i think in a similar way with like neurodivergency and this is different for everybody i think there is a sensitivity that it's quite the opposite they think of autistic people as not being sensitive or emotional where i think you are so sensitive yeah. and so emotional that you just it's all contained in this one body it get it can be painful wow so yeah you know. i think that that's i'm glad you're bringing awareness to that and i think you know, of all these things, of, of everything, even like bringing, like helping healers heal and everything mm-hmm. else. It's all, I think just, I don't know if it's just this country. I think it's pretty global, but it's like, I mm-hmm. think the way people view how people are supposed to be, like mm-hmm. supposed to, has ruined everything. Like what, like yeah, a girl's supposed to be this, a boy's supposed to be that. Like mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, everything's supposed to. Well, social cues too. It's like, like touch people don't touch people uh you know like there's weird niceties and i think especially with women like you know that things that they're like well you keep i'm like i'm really uncomfortable with too much eye contact but like even like being on zoom and stuff like this like um these things i can't do for very often um you know or i have to take long breaks from them because you know i start like hyper focusing like what am i doing with my face you know like what am i uh uh oh don't look like i often tell sometimes i've had people be like like in the zoom like i do zoom readings and i'm just like i'm not like when i'm reading i can't look at you yeah. Like, and that's in person or online. Like it's not, it's not personal, but like, I cannot look at you and be in the same frequency as the reading. Yeah, totally. You know? that's Cause there's t- too much. Super extreme. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, can you, what is like, I guess most people or maybe nobody, but like, what is it like for you to, um, I'm sure there's so many different ways, as you said, feeling, seeing, hearing, but like Mm -hmm. um, when you do a reading or something, is there a specific like um, sense that you like try and tap into or I'm sure by now it's so. It's, it's kind of like second nature um, in this way of like, um, I usually am really intentional at the beginning of, and setting the tone and kind of asking for permission, like in this way of tuning into the person. And then I just, I don't know how I do it, but I just kind of ask, like, I take Marce- like Marcella away. Like I move, Marcella goes to the side and I just like try to invite in like, you know, the, the information to come in in the clearest way possible. And sometimes it's just words and I don't, and that's the other thing. It's like, I'm not, I don't remember everything, you know, because I don't think it's me talking. I think it's just me being the interpreter. It's like things will come through and I like, I'm not, I'm my cognitive brain is not processing. The words are coming through. So I can't remember. Right. Is the process like shutting down your cognitive brain? I don't know. I mean, in a way it's like, it's like, I'm not, my admin ability is not there. (laughs) Like, and that's why I tell people too. I'm like, like people think like I'm upset when they, and it's not that I'm upset, but like it literally throws a wrench in the system when someone asks me to like do technical or admin duty. Like when I'm in it, like I can't switch between those two different operating systems. Right. Like when I'm doing a reading and someone interrupts me to go, you know what, can you do like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no. (laughs) 
yeah. and then I, and then it's just gone. Yeah, it's gone. And sometimes it's really hard to get back to, you know, like I can be in the zone and do the reading and have a conversation with you related to the reading, but I can't like shut down and do tech work and then jump back in. Like it does, it's, it's like very, or like when people just like rapid fire throw questions at me, um, like I have to tell them that I am not a vending machine or like, it just, it doesn't work like that. You yeah. Know? That's, and um, what do you do for like, like, do you do any, I mean, I guess now is different, but what do you do to like um, get back get back Marcella in your body and push mm-hmm. out the other stuff. Well, I have to tell you, it's very challenging. I'm not really good at it. And, <laughs> you know, pre-pandemic, I, I would, like, go to the Korean spa and, like, spend, like, a few hours there couple times like a month and and like that helped me a lot because I could soak and I could be in the steam room you know just like kind of clear myself in that particular way and like tune out throw my phone in a locker and like ignore yeah um (laughs) um, you know it's hard being for me it's hard to be in a lot of earth energy um it's it's rewarding to be able to be consciously like in tune into your body, but it's very it's it's something I have to work on consistently, and including like making sure that I'm eating the right way for myself. Like eating the right way doesn't for myself look it, that looks different for everybody, but like yeah. making sure that I'm getting nourishment at the times I need nourishment. Because um, sometimes if I'm doing readings all day, I will just sit and not eat or drink water for hours and that can throw me off um nowadays i like for my own spiritual practice i do like my friend brooke of albrigio does like a monthly she does well two times a month she does like these moon ceremonies that helps me um clearing my own energy with like you know sound and meditation when i remember when i can and then um I wish I could go outside more, but like sometimes the outside scares me, like whether it's not, and here's the thing. And I think that's where this, like my, my neurodivergency comes in. I'm very minimal support needs, meaning like you, you know, they consider minimal support needs. Like I don't need someone to take care of me. I can go do my errands. I can do stuff, but, but, I get overstimulated easily. And sometimes it can overwhelm me so much to be outside that I shut down. Yeah. So, so, so that's kind of hard, you know, sometimes it's just about going. Yeah. I've been with you a few, like when we played shows, I'm going to let the dog out. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But when we, when we played shows together. um, Right. And, uh, yeah, because we were in a band together for people who don't know. <laughs> band together. Um, yeah, there would be, I would, like, I could feel you feeling everyone. Like, I couldn't feel what you were, or I couldn't feel them. It's really weird, like, sitting mm-hmm. there with you. I was just, like, remembering all this stuff. But <laughs> sitting next to you, um, like, whether you drank to not feel everyone, it was like, right. I could just really feel what you were feeling but not what was in the room which I thought was really interesting and weird you know like right right well and that's why I would drink so much I'm sober now but like I would get those tequila skull bottles and like I would just be like okay here we go (laughs) makes sense I mean if you're I mean it totally makes sense for in every which way it's just that it's so mm. many energies all going out, all trying to get drunk is so, being like that. The energy of a concert mm-hmm. is, is fun. If you're, if you're like, we never had, if you can kind of step back in a, and have a safe spot in the room, yeah, but totally. places we played, it wasn't like no. oh, a safe spot for you to be like, it's just like, you're straight up like in that energy and it's great and fun. Right. Um, like on tour that happens a lot where it's just like we're out and it's like we're just with like 
the lions or whatever. Right. <laughs> but- well, and a lot of the places we played were like definitely haunted. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not just like it wasn't just like the people at the show. It would be like there's like spirits in this building, and yeah. then then you'd have people that would come in and I, like for me. I get like waves where some sometimes a lot of times like I feel energy um, or I'll hear something, but sometimes I will see stuff clairvoyantly yeah. and that would be really like a lot because, you know, yeah. people would be like, oh, hi. And then they have like attachments on them and I'm like, crazy. Oh, gotta go yeah maybe yeah totally. and i'd run away a lot at the end i'd be like okay i've got to go home now yeah i always thought that was so cool i was like hell yeah just go and get what you like get go what play and then bounce yeah well it, it seems like like when somebody i don't know it seems so cool i was like that's so cool like i don't want to waste my time either <laughs> But it was more like, you know, but there's parts to me that wish, like, I wish I, I would say, like, God, I wish I could, like, no, be normal and socialize. And, like, I just I've always wished, to, like, my biggest dream still is to be, like, that person that knows about all the parties first and is, like, out yeah. outside. And, like, I've just never, like, been that way. So I, mm-hmm. I understand. It's, like, I want to, yeah, just, like, party and be, like, cracking the last beer in the morning. Right. Like, yeah, I, if I have more than like three hours of like exposure, I'm like, I can't have to go. Right. <laughs> I often tell people too, they're like, but you're so cool. I'm like, I'm cool for 20 minutes <laughs> because that's about how long I can mask like around people. I don't know. I'm like 20 minutes and then I'm like, run, I'm gone. I like exit. I don't say goodbye. I leave or I just start talking about weird things that I'm interested in and that freaks people. That's that's a really good tactic. Um, Do you, do you think finding out um, like getting a diagnosis is, has helped you? You know what? I, I have to say it has helped, but it's also quite, it's like, it's a very privileged perspective because not everybody can get a diagnosis and i want to say to people don't let that discourage you i self-diagnosed before i got diagnosed and you have to fight a lot of the times to be taken seriously um especially as an adult you know with kids they're a little bit more there's like more openness and understanding to it but um and i don't think there's anything wrong with self-diagnosis you know like i just think really read up on the and and know that the spectrum is wide and the spectrum is varied and it yeah. some things like might not make sense or you might go well that's not really me you know but it i will say it's helped me yeah you know? well, but it, it was exhausting trying to get there you know yeah but you you finding that out helps everybody like just you know it just helps because it's like uh, what you're saying like oh it's mainly um the studies mm-hmm. are all about boys it's like boys mm-hmm. are way different you know totally, totally. well in the 90s are way different than boys now like stuff yeah. has changed so fast it's like yeah for me like right. i don't know like my diagnoses i feel like didn't really help but it helped me to know that it it was okay to like take care of myself. Yes. But you're kind of messed up. So you get to take care of <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it helps you in the sense that you now have the opportunity to make conscious choices of yeah. how you take care of yourself. That's and cool. it's the same thing for me too. Like I now have the go, okay. Like I know, I mean, Obviously, I wish I had known when I was younger, it would have helped me probably not put myself in really um, bad, sketchy situations, uh, because that's the other thing. Like I tell people often, like I had to learn, like I had to learn sarcasm, like the way you would learn it, like a second language, because I take things very at face value and very literally. Yeah. And I don't know subtlety. Like subtlety or reading between the lines or vagueness, like, like say with dating, that's really challenging because a lot of dating is that like subtleties and also it can put you in, um, potentially dangerous situations, like as a young person, uh, because you think someone's being straightforward with you, but they're not, Yeah, you know, so that, I mean, I've had some 
kind of not so fun experiences, uh, you know, in that realm, because I didn't know what was going on, or I thought something was one situation. And luckily, you know, in my life, I also grew up with a bunch of fighters, you know, so I could kind of assess certain things be like, Oh, no, but like, I will get out of here now. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and, and I think that that's, that's like the other aspects of it. There's like a beauty in the naivety. Yeah. That you're not, you know, you're just not working with the same set of cards and not everybody is honest. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, that's like, that's all of those qualities are you and you're so cool and special. <laughs> ah, thanks friend. Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> Yeah, like a, a lot of things I think people like about all of us are are how how we um, relate to the world. And if the way we relate to the world is based on like maybe a different set of cards, it still is like, well, I'm glad you have those. I know it's not easy, but mm-hmm. you know. it's definitely easier as I get older, you know, Um but, you know, I think the transition that's been cha- the most challenging from finding out to now has been in my relationships, like yeah. not not just romantic, but I'm talking about like my friends and my personal relationships, yeah. because I used to do a lot of things that I thought were I had to do because they were acceptable and it would create a lot of friction and discomfort because I wasn't being honest about how I spent my time. Yeah. And that and learning now, like, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. That's why I would have a meltdown. Yeah. And I will have physical things that happen. Like sometimes I stim, which is like, you know, I, I'll like move my hands or I'm doing like things with my body. I have ticks and things that I try to I would mask before I would like hide out at home or I would get to the point where I couldn't hide them. And now I'm just like, okay, like if I'm comfortable, I'll, I'll let them kind of out a little bit, you know, or, um, I'll just be more like aware of like, Oh, I'm starting to feel that thing within me where I'm hyper-focusing on something. And I, I need to like adjust and alter my operating system. So I don't melt down, you know, and that changes things when you have built relationships with people based on an identity that was super people pleasing or masking and basically masking and mimicking what other people were doing as socially acceptable meanwhile psychically energetically i'm picking up all this other shit and i'm like be normal and i and it it created kind of like an unhealthy situation so i've had a lot of changes in my friendships yeah well that is that is almost too much. It's like the max capacity that a person can right. have in their operating system. And, right. You know, because um, yeah. I think most people spend most of their time avoiding their mind in, without even knowing it, you know, so even just be aware of your mind and right. how you're treating it is like, right. Well, and it's already hard having like being like a medium and intuitive and having friends, I think, or even in dating, it's like challenging because people get really, um, it, it's been challenging anyway. Like I've found that like a lot of situations because of my upbringing and being around not great people, I've been like a magnet to one, the wounded or people who create like really transactional relationships and again the more i i'm like actually i don't like that actually that's not mutual like mutual exchange like the more it it's like just change like it can be lonely sometimes and um but i don't know but it makes the ones that are like mutually like supportive reciprocal it makes them so much more special yeah so for sure Mm -hmm. well that's cool i think the more we learn uh, in this in our community the better totally totally see that stuff because you know these are we're learning so much stuff you know and it's so different every year like Mm-hmm. like each decade was different but now it's like each month is different each month is different. it's true it's true like i really can't 
I'm so excited to see the change between 2020 and 2022 and like what, what happens, what things come to light, what people start to embrace for themselves and, you know, and how they bring that out into the world. And, you know, I do think it's an opportunity for us to really kind of come really into alignment with the highest timeline available to us. If we so choose, it's like that choose your own adventure. And I do think that that is coming up as more of an option for people. Whereas I think before people would just be like, oh, this is my life and this is what I do. Do What what do you think that changes from? Um, I think it's just from this, like being, being forced to look at like what you value and, um, and what your higher purpose is. And I think people are just kind of coming online to their, oh, I can do this. I can go towards the things that are helpful, not just for me, but for humanity. Like <laughs> our our whole societal structure is changing. Yeah. You know? Which we're, I mean, obviously it's probably going to take another decade for things to be really, really different. But I do think that in the next couple of, like over the next two years, we're going to see some big shifts in perspective. Yeah, cool. You know. That's what I hoped. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I thought was going to happen before was I didn't really know what it means like age of Aquarius, but I was like, oh, that's what's like, seriously, when I woke up on like January 1st of 2020, I was like, this is it. Like, we're all going to get like enlightened and shit. <laughs> yeah, but we did. I mean, that's a thing. It's like that band aid got ripped off, I yeah. think. And the thing is, why it's painful is because a lot of people got the truth started to become revealed about everything. The yeah. truth. And the truth is some people benefited from things that are not very nice and they never yeah. saw themselves as that way. I was and not aware of, I mean, I learned so much. Well, you know, it's just like, I think there is a lot of things that we, you know, people got to see that other people have been talking about. And, and, and I mean, I just think there's even more of that. I mean, there's just so much there's yeah. so much i'm looking forward to um how we can show up and participate in ways that are supportive and nourishing and help like yeah. not just like humans but like all beings and yeah you know and hopefully like we do a good job while we have time that's yeah. all we can do right yeah so. well and um, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, thank you. I love you and I miss you so much. Oh, I love you too. Miss you, friend. <laughs> yeah, and um, thanks so thanks so much. I can't wait to hug you. <laughs> one time, one time again in the in the not not so distant future. But not so distant. Thanks again, and yeah. Um, yeah.